Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great educational website? Then go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Look, I've got awesome classes there. Classes on the Constitution, classes on the Civil War, classes on secession, classes on American history. A whole slew of great stuff just waiting for you. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com, enroll, and get a real history education. It seems that the meaning of our newest federal holiday gets more and more confusing by the day, as I'll talk about on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Or you can go to at Brian McClanahan for all of those social media accounts. But if you're at brianmcclanahan.com, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. Get on that email list because as you're listening to this, there's only a few days left in the sale at McClanahan Academy. So a great way to support the show is to go to McClanahan Academy. You already heard about that. But for the month of June 2023, you can use the coupon code JUNE. Get 25% off. Prices are going up July 1st. So if you want to get in on the best deals you're ever going to see again, you want to use that coupon code JUNE in June of 2023. Get great deals on those classes. I've got well over 20 there. And if you want a real history education, that's what you're going to do. You can also support the show by clicking on the support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can go to Spotify for podcasts or subscribe there. Click on the super thanks button under the video if you're watching on YouTube. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Give it that five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can or comment on YouTube for the algorithm. All those things help more people see the show. And more eyes and ears is what we need. And again, send me those show requests. I do want to see what you want to hear. All right. Well... I'm confused about the meaning of Juneteenth. And as I talked about last week, and of course last week was Juneteenth, and I did a podcast on that. But I'm there was, and I did a podcast on that. But I'm there was another article that came out the Daily Beast that uh, gave another meaning to the holiday. So what is this holiday really about? And when you have an activist historian or an activist, not really a historian, but just an activist, when they can't even describe what it's there for, well, what does that actually mean? I mean, we all know what Christmas is there for. We all know what Independence Day is there for. We all know what Thanksgiving is there for. Martin Luther King's birthday, we know what it's there for. We know what all these, bir- what all these holidays are for, but Juneteenth is undefined. And it's undefined because, well, that's the point. It's also called the National Independence Day. What does that actually mean? Does it mean that we're trying to supplant July 4th with some other kind of Independence Day? Well, of course it does. In fact, Juneteenth is the catch-all for every single leftist agenda, woke agenda in the United States. It's what it speaks in its confederacy, and that's what the Daily Beast says. So it's not just about ending slavery, which of course we all know didn't end on June 19th, 1865. We know slavery didn't end until uh, at least the passage of the 13th Amendment, and in some cases... After that, as some people have pointed out, New Jersey uh, still had slaves into 1866, into January 1866. 
So we know that June 19, 1865 didn't end any end slavery everywhere. And of course, we know the Emancipation Proclamation didn't end slavery anywhere. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's the point. This is where this holiday is very confusing. It's, it's an arbitrary day that means nothing. And of course, you can't, you can't have the actual date of the 13th Amendment because that's too close to Christmas and it's too close to Thanksgiving. So that would kind of you know, mess all of that up. So you got to put it somewhere else. So that's why June comes in, and June seems to be the logical day. Now, of course, being close to... So you got to put it somewhere else. So that's why June comes in, and June seems to be the logical day. Now, of course, being close to July 4th, maybe you push that, that Independence Day back, and that becomes the real Independence Day. And as I, as I mentioned before, I talked about on a, on a podcast about the 11 songs that drive you know, Wokies mad... There was uh, some discussion in that in that piece about how you know well people don't really even need to celebrate July Fourth because we never lived up to that anyways. That's just a bad holiday. We really need to celebrate Juneteenth. But this piece of the Daily Beast is just absolutely hilarious, and it's absolutely hilarious because of the stupidity that it that it contains. So I'm going to read it, and it's by Callie Holloway. And the title is, This Juneteenth, Remember the GOP is the Neo-Confederate Party. <laughs> the GOP is the Neo-Confederate Party. I mean, I, these people go of a writing camp where they get, uh, all right, use the term Neo-Confederate. Use racist. Use something. Because that's going to ensure that people don't like it. And you know who else goes to this camp? Well, people like Victor Davis Hanson. They all go. Because, you know, for, for getting the right to like something, too, it's neo-Confederate. I'm really confused about it. I mean, I'm really confused. Because if Victor Davis Hanson thinks the left is neo-Confederate, and the left thinks Victor Davis Hanson is neo-Confederate, well, who's really neo-Confederate? I don't even know. This is very, very confusing to me. I, I can't figure this out. Who is neo-Confederate now? If we're all neo-Confederate, I mean, the left is neo-Confederate, the right's neo-Confederate, this shows you how stupid all of this actually is. And I'm actually going to read another, uh, get into another piece this week on Lincoln that uh, asserts that Lincoln is the guy that really should unite the left and right. And it's by a conservative, and, uh, and I'll talk about it. And I like the guy that writes it, but I think he's... And it's by a conservative, and, uh, and I'll talk about it. And I like the guy that writes it, but I think he's just really misguided in this particular piece. But... Um, the GOP is the neo-Confederate party. Now, that would be surprising to the GOP who likes to paint the Democrats as the neo-Confederate party. I mean, those were all Democrats, right? All the Confederates were Democrats. And I will say this. I don't think the GOP has changed since 1865 or even 1856. I don't think it's changed at all. I don't think there's anything about the GOP that's neo-Confederate. Um, I think you have people that vote for Republicans because they're the lesser of two evils. They're the, they're the um, slightly more conservative establishment party that would not believe in uh, extreme centralization or uh, all of these things. I mean, and they, they don't believe in the woke cultural agenda, so therefore they would be neo-Confederate to what that even means anyways. It's a stupid phrase. But it's, I mean, you look at someone like Ron DeSantis or uh, any of these people. I mean, yeah, they might say, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that we maintain the names of uh, traditional names of military installations because spending over $100 million on this really is kind of stupid. And that's that's the case. And 
I think if you were generally to ask Americans, hey, what do you think about changing the names? Why are we doing that? They would say, why are we, why are we changing the names? Who cares? And we're going to spend $100 million on that? Are you serious? That's stupid. You would generally get that response. And so to do it, it shows you that the left really is out of touch. They're ideological to the core. But who also voted to override Trump's veto of the bill that would have blocked the naming commission? Well, Republicans. <laughs> so this piece is confusing to me. And I'm, I'm again, I'm confused about Juneteenth too. So she's too. So she's going to explain what it means. She says Juneteenth doesn't just celebrate the end of nearly 250 years of black chattel slavery, a brutal institution of forced labor, sexual abuse, and exploitation, and wanton violence. Notice the qualification there. Doesn't just celebrate the end. Well, of course, slavery didn't end on June 19th, 1865. So, of course, it doesn't celebrate the end of slavery because slavery didn't end then. If you want to celebrate the end of slavery on the proper date, well, then you got to move it to December. So, uh, or, I mean, I guess January, if you want to just go by the end of it here. And then, and then of course, as I mentioned last week, they're not even sure this ended it because it ended the slave slavery as it was defined in 1865, but not real slavery in America. That, that continues in some way or another. You got, you got qualifications. You got convict labor, right? I mean, this is, this is the point. It's a revolutionary holiday, as she explains in this particular piece. As she explains in this particular piece. So it doesn't just celebrate that. It also celebrates the defeat of the Confederacy, a traitorous entity founded on the cornerstone belief of white supremacy and perpetual black subjugation, as famously declared by Confederate Vice President Alexander Stevens. So it also celebrates the defeat of the Confederacy. Well, I'm, I'm uncertain. Did we, not, did we not celebrate that in other ways? I mean, uh, I don't know. I now we have to have a holiday celebrating that? You know, it's amazing to me that um, we didn't have a holiday celebrating the defeat of the Confederacy, even at the time the Confederacy was defeated, a specific holiday. Uh, you could say maybe Independence Day, President's Day, reunification, something. We had a, a reunification. We had reconciliation. No, that's not good enough anymore. Now we need to celebrate punishing those who seceded from the spouse beliefs that supposedly the rest of Americans didn't have, which of course they did. I mean, even in the 1840s, even in the 1860s, you had Republicans saying things that were right supremacist and that were saying this is the white man's party. This is the white man's territory, the Western territory, for example. It's the white man's government. There were people saying that even in the 1860s in the Republican Party. This is just stupid. So when Stephen said that, yeah, he said it. At least that's how re a reporter wrote it down. I've got a podcast on that too. Way back, several years ago, I did a podcast on the Cornerstone speech and how what Stephen said about it in his own private journal later on. But, uh, I mean, did, did most Americans not think that? Even Abe Lincoln himself? Of course he did. Uh, so it's just, this is just silliness to say any of this. It's just, this is just silliness to say any of this. So she says, For that reason, amidst the revelry of the occasion, it's also critical to acknowledge that while the Confederacy may be long dead, Confederate ideology is alive and well, particularly among the Republican faithful. So for that reason, while we're all celebrating Juneteenth, 
We need to think about the fact that the Confederacy really is Confederate. Or, I'm sorry, the Republican Party really is Confederate. That's what we need to be thinking about. America as a whole has a white supremacist problem, but it is perhaps nowhere more pronounced than on the political right, where openly ravenous authoritarian and anti-democratic powers consistently prove that they are motivated by white racial resentment and vengeance. In short, the GOP is the neo-Confederate party. So you see, this is all about a leftist purge of the, of the evil thoughts of people in America. America, of course, are there people that vote for their own race? Yeah, absolutely, on both sides. I mean, even I would say that uh, here, Callie Holloway would be voting for the interests of what she perceives as her own race. Even writing this piece is about her own race as opposed to another race. So there's, it's, it's race baiting race. This is why all this stuff is just, it's silly. This is all illogical. It all fails, it would all fail fallacies of logic, you know, basic logic 101. It's all, you know, hyperbole and attack on the person. But she says it's, it's neither hysteria nor hyperbole. No, no, no. The GOP's neo-Confederate agenda is often open and explicit. She's saying it's not, but what she's doing is. With the exception of Virginia, the so-called heritage laws that long prevented the removal or alteration of Confederate monuments and heritage laws that long prevented the removal or alteration of Confederate monuments in seven states weren't put into place by Republican legislatures until the 2000s when they sensed growing opposition to the statues and they're still fighting to keep them on the books. Well, why is that? Because nobody complained about these things. So they didn't need to have legislation there to do it. Nobody thought that anyone would be stupid enough to take these things down and spend the money. Because it doesn't do anything, right? Has it solved crime? Has it solved anything? In the, no, it hasn't solved anything. With the exception of Virginia. Most of these laws are put in the early 2000s or the 2000s. Virginia put them in before that. But they just bypassed that. You see. Well, Virginia had more Confederate monuments than just about anywhere else. Florida attempted to codify a similar law this year, and though it died in committee, GOP legislators have promised to try it again in the 2024 legislative session. Well, I mean, again, if you ask Americans, should we be, Americans, should we be taking down statues? Most would say no. They don't even care what they are. No, we shouldn't take that stuff down. We can add statues, but we shouldn't take anything down. This year in Mississippi, the blackest state in the country, Republican Governor Tate Reeves again proclaimed April Confederate Month. Well, uh, if you look at the number of people in Mississippi that have Confederate ancestors, it's really high. And of course, uh, that would be in a part of Mississippi history. So you can understand why Mississippi would do that. Now, if Massachusetts was doing this, I think there would be a little issue with that. But Mississippi or Georgia or Alabama or South Carolina, Florida, Texas, any of the Confederate states, former Confederate states, I mean, it would be logical to have a day like that. Uh, and just like you would have a day like Juneteenth, I guess. I mean, it would be logical to have these different days celebrating different people and constituents in different states. But no, no we can't do that, right? I mean, it's, you can't for some people to uh, recognize ancestors or in the past, but it's okay for other people to do it. I mean, this is, this is the fallacy of the entire argument. Under the guise of stopping voter fraud, neo-Confederates are using the same tactics as ever. They are. 
<laughs> I mean, when? Uh, under voter, fr- I mean, what are they doing? April was also declared Republican History Month by Tennessee's congressional Republicans, whose celebrations seem to have included expelling two elected black lawmakers, a show of white power's utter contempt and disregard for democracy. Now, that was a whole other issue. Why did those people get expelled? Well, they were doing things that um, maybe they shouldn't have been doing. And the legislature is certainly able to expel anybody they want. It's in their purview to do it. And we know that this has happened in other places. So, uh, again... Uh, these are these are just weak arguments. Uh, these are these are just weak arguments. At the national level, GOP senators Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley both voted against a proposal to rename bases named for Confederates who led attacks against the country's military forces. Well, good. I mean, Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley should have done that. Because again, the naming commission went beyond its charge, anyways, in looking at the Arlington Monument. But not just that. Why are we wasting money on this? Just days ago, in their respective speeches at North Carolina's Republican Convention, former Vice President Mike Pence and former Governor Ron DeSantis each made presidential campaign promises to change the newly christened Fort Liberty Army base back to its old name of Fort Bragg. It doesn't matter that General Braxton Bragg was the biggest traitorous loser among an entire insurrectionist nation full of traitorous losers. And so, see, this is the name-calling and hyperbole and attack on the person. It's all logical fallacies. Why was this even done is the question. So DeSantis and Pence saying that we're going to change. I'll wait to see if they actually try to do it. But um, we'll see. But I mean, why would we change it in the first place? Trump said we we can't pass this Defense Authorization Act because it has this stupid naming commission in it. And Republicans voted to override that. In the year 2023, restoring Confederate names shouldn't be on a presidential contender's stump speech priority list, but both DeSantis and Pence recognize that neo-Confederates make up much of their base. Yeah, okay. Uh, But it's not about uh, Confederacy. It's about wokeism, right? So this is the point. Uh, and, And it's why all this stuff is on the agenda. That's why the GOP is currently consumed by lost cause myth making which scholar Mary Ann Franks writes requires whitewashing the role of slavery in American history. Selectively championing rights requires whitewashing the role of slavery in American history. Selectively championing states' rights and promoting racial, gender, and religious supremacy. Now, I, I don't know who Mary Ann Franks is. I've never heard of her before, but there's a link here. So let me, let me open that link and see uh, who Mary Ann Franks is. Again, somebody I've never even heard of before. Um, she wrote a journal article uh, here for this piece entitled, uh, let's see, The Lost Cause of Free Speech. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who Marianne Franks is. She's a professor of law uh, and Michael R. Klein Distinguished Scholar Chair at the University of Miami School of Law. So there you go. And of course, her, her, her uh, citations are the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, uh, the real victims of the libs of TikTok. I mean, come on now. Uh, this the, this paper is stupid. Beyond, it's a um, uh, it is a leftist talking paper. So she's a professor of law. Uh, does that make her a scholar? I don't know. It makes her a professor of law. Is she really a scholar or is she just an activist? 
A lot of law, a lot of lawyers are just activists, just like historians. Just as the United Daughters of the Confederacy prohibited the teaching of authentic history and banned books that defied lost calls of ahistoricism, uh, and to cite for that, uh, she's citing uh, the Daily Beast, you know, because the Daily Beast is an authority on this topic. Authentic history, it def- it it prohibited teaching authentic history. What is that? What is authentic history? Is is I mean, how do we define authentic history? Is this authentic history? No. Is Callie Holloway uh, an authentic historian? No. Way uh, an authentic historian? No. Is Marianne Franks an authentic historian? No. Is the lost cause a historical? No. It's not. Uh, in fact, people were saying what was what we call the lost cause before the war. They were they were using the same arguments before the war. So um, is that is that not historical? Is that a historical? This is just all stupid. While cons- conservatives around the country are currently leading censorious campaigns against historical accuracy, with the same end goal of preserving a white supremacist national memory. Censorous campaigns against historical accuracy. Well, uh, I wouldn't say the left is really historically accurate. At all. Uh, In fact, I would say that they're very historically inaccurate. But regardless. uh, So to use charges like this and then just let it drop uh, is, is why this piece is just hyperbole and stupidity. Between January 2021 and December 2022, a UCLA law school study found lawmakers at every jurisdictional level proposed 560 measures against what the right has mislabeled critical race theory, some 240 of which were passed. Like their predecessors, the conservatives campaigning for book bans and removals are all too willing to employ white terror, harassment, and violence, including threatening teachers, administrators, and librarians, and not frequently joining forces with far-right groups like the Proud Boys. Does the left not do this kind of stuff too? In fact, the left is the most violent political entity in the history of the Western world. And while I would say I actually agree that a lot of people can't really define critical race theory or define woke, um, what's happening, of course, in, in our education system is what we call, what I would call guilt history, right? Everything is guilt. And that's what this piece is. It's all guilt. Everyone should feel guilt and shame. And we have a political agenda, a power agenda. See, what's what's underlining all this? Well, we don't have power. We want power, and these people want these people want power. That's bad, but because I want power, that's okay. Well, what's the difference? There's no difference. When Governor DeSantis' administration announced a high school advanced placement African American studies course significantly lacks educational value. He was reassuring his status concerned supporters that there is still strength in white power and his willingness to flex the same. No, he wasn't. That's just stupid. Uh, again, I haven't studied the class, but we know that a lot of these things are not, a lot of these classes are activist classes. And there's no, I mean, look, to actually teach an African American history class, classes. And there's no, I mean, look, to actually teach an African American history class, not a bad idea. It's a good thing. Let's have more history classes that teach uh, across the board on a lot of different interesting topics. 
but I think his his question was, you know, what was what was actually being taught in the curriculum that was African American history? And they pointed some things out in it that were make you scratch your head and say, is that real African American history? I mean, what is this? It was activism. He was also signaling agreement with people like the Alabama mother who recently told a local outlet that there was already too much black history being taught. There's also the GOP's wide-scale opposition to black enfranchisement. Yeah, because black people can't vote. Didn't you know? Black people can't vote in America, according to uh, Callie Holloway. Didn't you know this? Nobody, didn't you know, uh, that there's an effort to suppress black voting. Yes, uh, because uh, people want you know accountability and uh, people to actually show up to vote and show an ID and these kind of things. That's suppression. But see, she, she drops, the conservative effort to suppress black voting, one of the primary rights of American citizenship, has a lengthy history from lethal anti-black Violence at the ballot box during Reconstruction to white terror campaigns against black folks trying to vote during Jim Crow. But what about now? So now, you see, the neo-Confederate GOP has undermined black voting through suppressive legislation. And what is suppression, suppression, uh, suppressive legislation? Well, voter ID laws are suppressive. You can get an ID anywhere. As people have pointed out, this is one of the easiest things to do. Limited early voting. Yeah, so we don't have six months of limited early voting. Yeah, so we don't have six months of voting. Right, because people can't, I guess some people just can't show up on the voting day. I mean, um, how is that voter suppression? And the shuttering of 1,700 polling places in non-white neighborhoods. One Arizona Republican even suggested tests for voters, though we stopped short of proposing poll taxes. Yes, because tests showing that people actually know something in civics would be a bad idea because obviously, unless you're white, you can't pass these tests. It's just stupid. All this is just stupid. It is not a coincidence that accusations of invalid votes in the 2020 election centered on those cast in the majority black cities of Atlanta, Detroit, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Well, um, you also have to understand in some of these places that there were some irregularities uh, in these areas, but other areas too. It wasn't just these cities. It was anger, especially outside voting counting centers. Neo-Confederate politicians have called for increasing poll watchers, and extremists have self-deputized and staked out voting sites. I mean, has this has Callie Holloway not seen the people on the left that have done this exact same thing? I guess she ignores that. This is how stupid this stuff is. I mean, it, it, there, there's no there's no accountability for people that write this stuff and say stupid things, and then just get away with it. Just drop it, and then get away with it. But you see, this is what Juneteenth is about. It's about all of this. It's not just about ending slavery. Oh, let's, let's, great, let's, let's, let's have a holiday celebrating the end of slavery. That sounds like a great holiday. Nope, it's not about that. It's about a left political agenda, and that's exactly what this piece is outlining here. It was the raging anger over black and other non-white votes that led violent mobs of white supremacists and insurrectionists to scale the walls, break the windows, and smear various bodily fluids throughout the U.S. I thought they were talking about, you know, what was going on in uh, Portland and about, you know, what was going on in uh, Portland and other cities uh, that were doing that. I thought that's what we were talking about. No, no, it's about the January 6th insurrection, supposedly, right? That's what that was. 
And speaking of the Capitol insurrection, there is the right's open embrace of white supremacist vigilantism, evidenced not just by the Capitol terrorists being labeled patriots, but the celebration of and fundraising for murderous figures from Kyle Rittenhouse to Daniel Penny, whose only claims to fame are their willingness to kill black folks and anyone perceived to be in alliance with them. Yes, that's what it is. But I think this piece is fascinating because this is the underlying situation. People have asked me, you know, can we talk about color revolution and these kind of things? We don't need to. What we have in America is a uniquely American left-wing revolution taking place that really began in 1862. And it began with the Republican Party and continues in some ways with the Republican Party. Why do we even have Juneteenth? I mean, uh, the, look, Donald Trump even have Juneteenth. I mean, uh, the, look, Donald Trump was advocating putting Juneteenth as a federal holiday. Republicans have been just as much a part of this as anyone else. But supposedly to Callie Holloway, it's, it's the Republican Party. And again, this is just absolute stupidity. Neo-Confederates have always used law and order rhetoric as a signifier of the racial order, whereas white lawlessness is justified and black protest is criminalized. Uh, so this is, I'm not going to finish this piece because it just gets into... It says a lot of other stupid things, but um, Kali Holloway is indicative of the kind of rhetoric that's being used by the left, and of course pointing out and saying this is what Juneteenth is about. I mean, now it's 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 not just about ending slavery; it's a left-wing holiday. It's about power. It's about changing the narrative of America. I mean, uh, it's about changing that narrative to something else. Uh, America is something else, or it hasn't lived up to this, or it hasn't lived up to that. And we have all these bad people out there. So we need to make sure we point out the bad people. You know what Juneteenth is about? It's about pointing out we have enemies in America. And we're going to use the power of the government to do everything we can to hurt these enemies of America. It's about power, you see? It's not a celebration of anything. It's an expression of power. And when you think about that, and you think about American history and what's happened, and look, you can understand that there have been some things that happen in American history as you teach American history and you go through this, where people have would, would, would grow into these kind of sentiments because, yes, some things have been done that would produce this kind of anger. And you get it. You get it. I mean, it's easy to get. But when they start projecting, you get it. I mean, it's easy to get. But when they start projecting onto things that aren't really happening uh, and their anger is about power and taking power at the expense of others. And I, look, I'm going to tell you, these people wouldn't be, they're not, they're not reconciliationists. They want you gone if you believe any of these things that she points out in here in any way. Just even mild, benign things like, you know, we should maybe leave statues alone or not change military bases. No, no, no. You're not revolutionary enough. You should be done away with. And anyone that votes for these things, that would vote to have a real sense of union and fraternity, should be done away with, too. That's the point of Juneteenth. It's a holiday of power and retribution. At least to some leftists. Now, I think some people just celebrate it, to celebrate it and they think, all right, it's the end of slavery. But to the people really pushing the holiday, this is what it's about. It's about changing the entire narrative of America. Not discussed as much as it should be. All right. See you tomorrow on the Brian McClendon Show. See you then.